let's get a cocktail soon and we'll go from there. It's been a long time coming. The tide is turning. We tired of running. We rising up. It's been a long time coming. They pride is hurting. Shake off that burden and that dirt in. Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Raj Nation Innovations Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, aka the Raj Nation. I am your show's host. I'm the founder of Raj Nation Innovation, a hip hop artist, and a yoga instructor. Above all else, I am a storyteller. I am joined by my co host, Victoria Cohen, aka VC Money. Victoria is the voice behind Almonds and Asana. She's a yoga instructor, a blogger, a health, wellness, and fitness enthusiast. Above all else, she is an activist. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, startup founders, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help creative thinkers like you and I better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. It's real talk with real people doing real big things to show you the real side of success. In this episode, we sit down with Katie lynch Elliott. Katie's resume includes founding the social media agency Social Katie several years ago, then going on to become the CEO of TechWeek. Most recently, she's co-founded a new venture called Codeverse, where the mission is to teach 1 billion kids to code. Our conversation with Katie is centered around hustle. Specifically, we ask the question, how do you maintain your hustle? Before we dive into that conversation, I want to give you a quick invitation to go and join our community, our tribe, over at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Enter your email address there. You will never miss another episode of this show, as well as stay up to date with all the other awesomeness going on related to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. All right, all that said, let's dive in now to our conversation with Katie Lynch Elliott. How do you maintain your hustle? Let's listen in. Well, I guess first and foremost, uh, it kind of all goes back to being curious, right? And and uh, always wanting to learn. So I guess my, my kind of greatest example of that would be um, when I first moved to Chicago on my own uh, back in 2007, I didn't really know anything about what it meant to be an entrepreneur, didn't really know anything about what it meant to, to start a business. And I worked for a travel startup that was based in Bucktown uh, called Where I've Been, which was founded by my now husband. Uh, and when I first joined that company, I was hired on to effectively manage all of their marketing efforts. And so I did that for about two and a half years. And you know, one big thing that you learn being at a startup is that although you may be placed in one role, you kind of find yourself rolling up your sleeves and getting scrappy and kind of filling multiple different roles within the company. And so before I knew it, I was doing sales and business development and PR and um, all sorts of different roles within this company. And I really enjoyed it, right? Because I got to kind of learn loads of different departments and, and really kind of learn the ins and outs of what it meant to, to run a startup. And I think that, you know, my, my kind of intellectual curiosity kind of led me into, well, 
if I'm learning about all of these different aspects of the company, what else can I learn? And so I started learning more about the technology that we used at this travel company and the product and the financials and really just learned I was basically just like a sponge for like two and a half years, just absorbing um, as much as I could about the startup world and about the specific startup. And just having that that curiosity and always asking questions and kind of challenging everything and asking why led me to start my own company in 2010 uh, when the startup that I worked at was sold by TripAdvisor. And so I spun out and I started a marketing agency called Social KD. And really, I knew from kind of the get-go starting that business that our end game was going to be to sell it. Like, I knew that I wanted my this company to be acquired by a much larger digital agency because social media cannot really act as a standalone st- service. And so with that in mind... Um, I remained basically very focused over a four-year period, basically growing Social Katie into a social media marketing agency for small, medium, and eventually large brands. And so that kind of leads me into kind of the second um, kind of lesson I learned about how to maintain my hustle is remaining focused, right? And not being distracted by what every other agency and what every other competitor of mine was doing out there. Like we had one goal to be one of the largest social media agencies in Chicago and we achieved that. And that was all because uh, we remained so focused on our mission and our vision. I'd say really like to to kind of uh, like go along with that, really the third kind of lesson I learned for maintaining hustle is having that passion and having that drive. You know, it's it's the reason why you get up in the morning. And when I was when I look back at like Social Katie and everything that me and my team did, it was exciting to get up every single day and work on problems for our clients and hire incredible people to, you know, manage all of these marketing campaigns for all of these different companies that we were working with. So I think that, you know, just having like being resilient and and having that passion and being so excited about your mission and your vision and your values early on, like that's enough to keep going. It's enough to keep going like through the mistakes you make, through the failures that you make, you know, through the ups and the downs. Um, And then I'd say like one of the other things is. Uh, the other lesson, I guess the I guess this is the fourth lesson is like just always striving to be better personally, right? And this and this goes way beyond business. Like I look at myself, and you know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer of like your health is your wealth. So like looking after yourself, looking after your body, and eating right, and um, you know, always being present, right? Like as entrepreneurs, you're constantly getting caught up in you know, the minutia of things or you're, or you, or you, you know, sometimes you get like kind of stuck in the weeds and, and you kind of think small, whereas you kind of have to get out of your head and have a clear mind and look after yourself and look after your body and always strive to be better. And so one thing that I do, in fact, my husband and I do it together 
as we make sure that we go to soul cycle uh, and rowing classes multiple times a week so that we can maintain healthy and maintain having, you know, good, positive, like healthy energy so that we can keep going. And so I'd say that those are like the biggest, you know, kind of four or five lessons for me personally um, that allow me to maintain my hustle. I'd say if there's one kind of final like piece of advice or final lesson that I've learned is surround yourself with incredible people, right? Like when you when you launch a business, not many people understand what that really means until they've been in the same situation as you. And I found that over the past 10 years, like my circles that I hang out with and like the people that I spend my free time with or the people that I bounce business ideas off of, are essentially other entrepreneurs or they're other people within the Chicago tech community because they get it. They understand my challenges. They understand what it really means to, um, to, to, you know, to, to run a business essentially. Um, and so it's just so important to just surround yourself with people that can give you perspective and can give you you know, open like ideas and opinions and suggestions and advice. Um, Cause they're essentially the people that, you know, help you, help you keep going. You're all, you're all in this together as like one big community. So I love that these are kind of the four or five points that you, that you touched on here. So to recap, it, it kind of comes down to what you, what you covered was curiosity, remaining or keeping focus, passion, uh, health or striving to be better personally and surrounding yourself with incredible people. I think we can probably just unpack each one of those. (laughs) I'm sure each one of those could be its own, uh, podcast on its own, but we could probably try to hit on and then get and dive deeper into, into each of those four or five. So let's start with curiosity. This one I think is really interesting on a personal level, because for the last few years I have oftentimes introduced myself to people as a human version of the cartoon character, Curious George. So curiosity is very near and dear to my heart. And my business cards have Curious George on them. Um, Still waiting to get sued for that one. (laughs) Uh, um, But the the reason why I've always been driven towards the idea of curiosity, uh, and it's interesting because I don't don't think I realized it until I had been doing a handful of things and I reflected back. But uh, if you go back to, if you look at, you know, my, my, the music side of me as a rapper, my first album that I put out, I was sitting in front of a quote that was, uh, if you remember, this was in Chicago. This was like six, seven years ago at the corner of uh, State and, or excuse me, yeah, State and I think Van Buren, right near DePaul. They had, they, they rotated out sculptures for a while. And at one point, one of them was this giant eyeball, <laughs> which then had a bunch of quotes on the like cement around it. So the quote I chose to sit in front of, not really cognizant of it, but I just knew at the time, I was like, oh, this really speaks to me, was a quote by Indra Gandhi, who was a prime minister of India. Um, And the quote was, the power to question is the basis of all progress. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true, right? It's like you like human human beings are just naturally curious right like we're meant to break shit we're meant to (laughs) seek answers right we're meant we're meant to fail we're meant to like 
we're put on this earth to do all of these things, yeah? And that to me is, um, you know, that, that to me is, it's fulfilling and it's rewarding, like constantly learning and constantly just absorbing information. Otherwise, what are we doing? right? Like, how, how do you ever grow as a person if you're not willing to, you know, for lack of a better term, like throw, throw yourself in the deep end of the pool, right? And, and just learn how to swim. I mean, you look at every great leader out there, right? Whether it's, you know, a prime minister or an entrepreneur, or I mean, just think of anyone, like, they, they made mistakes, they made failures, they did a lot to get to where they are today. You know, it wasn't easy. Um, they had struggles, they had challenges, right? They were constantly willing to learn and try new things. And that honestly is 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 what it takes to be successful. Yeah, I totally agree. I, it's actually really funny. So two things just came to mind. One that I hadn't thought about in years, and it's such an interesting example of this. When I was in high school, in like my junior year, I think it was, my, um, I, I don't even know what math class it was, pre-cal, something like that. And I asked so many questions that the teacher actually had to pull me aside and limit, <laughs> limit me to three questions <laughs> per class. And I was like, yes, but Mrs., I don't even remember who she was. No one else wants to ask these questions because they're scared, but they all want to ask them. So I'm going to ask these questions. <laughs> and she was like, okay, Victoria, you can have three questions a class. This is out of control. So I've only, I, I'm totally with you guys. I'm, I'm definitely that person who asks a million questions. And then the other thing I was thinking of, and this isn't even in necessarily, this is more of just like a, a, a personal space. Um, like this weekend, I was, I was on a bachelorette trip with a ton of girls that I didn't know. And I felt like every conversation, I was playing that game 21 questions. Like when I meet a new person, especially when they're from somewhere different, I'm like, oh, well, why do you do this? And why do you believe that? And I probably am like so annoying, but I, I'm not asking to be annoying. I'm asking because I'm so curious. Like we come from really different backgrounds. Like I had so many interesting political debates, and I, I just I think that the most invigorating thing to me is asking questions and learning about something that I don't know, and that I otherwise, if I didn't ask those questions, I wouldn't know. And mm -hmm. that's like for me, that's like the lifeblood of being an excited, engaged human, and 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 it definitely inspires my hustle to to do more, you know, in, in whatever direction that is. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting. It's like at the end of the day, the people the people that dare to think and dare to do are the ones that get ahead, right? It's like as you said, the people that are willing to ask questions and challenge everything, but then also, you know, those those are essentially the same individuals that are willing to roll up their sleeves and just do. They get they get shit done. Mm -hmm. Whether whether the task or the action results in success or whether it results in failure, it doesn't really matter. What matters is just doing, thinking, and then doing. Now, on that note, as well as Victoria, your point about just meeting people new, mm -hmm. and it was at a bachelorette party, and <laughs> yeah. you were so like curious and interested. So, the funny thing about that is, so so Katie, we were introduced by our mutual friend Chris, and. Chris and I met actually a few years ago at a, a different mutual friend's bachelor party. <laughs> and we had, we had like seen each other up to that point, like, you know, at different parties or whatever, because we both knew the same friend, but we would never actually talk to each other. So this bachelor party a few years ago was the first time we'd actually met and talked. And what was really funny about that was, you know, it's this whole weekend in LA and like 
everyone's like going crazy. And then like half the time, like him and I just had like a connection off the back because I was like, oh, I'm doing these things. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I'm, I work with Tech Week, yada, yada. And everyone's just like being idiots the whole weekend. And then half the time, him and I are just like in the back talking shop. <laughs> and that was the kind of the basis of our friendship and our relationship. And we've been cool ever since. And it's it kind of touches then to that point. Uh, one of your last points you made in the beginning about surrounding yourself with incredible people and interesting yeah. people. And I, and I think it's not just that they'll support you, but it's that they, they too are interesting and they are doing interesting things because I think if, if you only have support, like I think that that works to a point, but then you, you run into, well, okay, but does their opinion really matter if they have an experience or not doing something, you know, in this realm, et cetera. So I think they have to be doing interesting things as well, because then you can, A, like their opinion starts to carry more merit and value. Yes. And B, you start to get inspired by what you see them doing. And it almost becomes this like, like positive hustle or chase to where you're like, well, like, if they're doing that, like, I don't want to be the one who's falling way behind. Well, and I think the more you ask questions, for me at least, the more, and I just keep thinking back on this one specific, very long political conversation I had with someone, and <laughs> really, like, we're on very different sides of the fence, but I'm, I'm not so much interested in, like, arguing my case and just telling, I want to know why you believe in what you do, poke holes in my, Mm. in my ideas and my agenda so I can learn more and I can be a more inspiring, creative person. I think when you ask those questions, you become the type of people that people want to surround themselves with because you've now become an an interesting person and you now learn, you now know more, you know? I think, I think ultimately like, this is all part of the process of getting older and getting wiser, right? Like you look like you look back at your childhood, yeah, and every child or like almost every child is pretty much defined by like their zip code, right? And by like their family values and their upbringing and and by like the school that they went to and the, and the community that they grew up with. And you're and you're life almost becomes or is like a bubble when you're young, right? All the way until you're like in college. And even then in college, you kind of continue to live in a little bit of a bubble. Um, and I hope I'm not offending anyone. <laughs> no. like, it's true, right? And, and only when you get out into the real world and you have these experiences, right? Whether you're working at a startup or your first job or like you're learning and you're making mistakes, and you and you recognize the you know consequences or whatnot of mistakes. It's only when you have this real life experience that you kind of expand your horizons and you expand your mind and you're a bit like, okay, I maybe don't relate to some of these people anymore that I grew up with, or I don't really relate to, you know, people that I was friends with in college. Like maybe a handful of them I still love for like various reasons. But as a whole, it's like that community is a part of my past. And now I'm ready to, you know, evolve and meet new people that are either like-minded, right? Like people who've gone through exactly the same thing that I've gone through, or people that just have similar experiences um, as me. And again, like, it goes back to what I was saying before about 
like people that are not entrepreneurs, they just don't get it. And I don't mean to sound like, you know, and like incredibly brash by saying that, but it's, but it's true. And any entrepreneur that's listening to this podcast knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like if you have family that aren't entrepreneurs or have never been in the tech community before, they don't really understand your journey and what it is that you're really going through, which is why I think it is so important to find, as you said, individuals like Chris, right? Like people that are hustlers, that are go-getters, that have a positive attitude. Positivity is everything, by the way. Like I could talk about that <laughs> for an entire podcast. Like that good vibes, good energy, like your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Like attitude is everything. Attitude is what gets you everywhere in life, in my opinion. Um, you know, and then Chris is also like hardworking, right? And he's in this tech community and gets what it means to to be an entrepreneur. And so it makes sense that individuals like you and me would want to hang out with other individuals like that. So you're speaking my language here, and I, and I will go even further and potentially and I like really offend people <laughs> uh, when you talked about the idea of like the bubbles of a high school, you know, growing up in high school and college. This thought crossed my mind uh, a couple of years ago, and it is the idea that more than just bubbles, technically we are in these little like prisons <laughs> until we hit college. And in college, you're still kind of in a prison, but college <laughs> is really the first, because to that point, your friends are based on your geography and basically just who's around you and mm -hmm. are they involved in the same activities more or less. Which, yeah. To an extent is what it ends up being anyways as an adult, but you end up having choice as an More adult choice. over those things because really it's like you grow up and it's like, okay, well, this person lives next door, so I'm going to be friends with them as long as they will share their toys. <laughs> and then you get into school and then it's like, well, I'm sitting next to these people in class, so I might as well start talking to them. And then you become friends with them. And then it's like it's high school is more, it's kind of like a prison yard, if, especially if you're not allowed to like leave the campus at any point during the day. Uh, it's a positive prison, but in a way it is a prison and you have a very regimented schedule and everything too. And you don't, you don't really get a chance to experience independent thought until college and college is a, is not, it's more a bubble than it is prison, but it's kind of on that borderline because you're still kind of it's like, who's, who am I in class with? And then that becomes your friends or like, who's in my dorm, mm -hmm. more or less. And what you'll find is a lot of people will say they've had a tough time, whether they don't outright say it, or if you just look at their friend group, they've had a tough time making new friends after mm -hmm. college. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum and like a lot of my best friends have come after college. And I still have a handful of good friends from college, but like you, Katie, like, uh, my that group from high school and then from college has dwindled significantly to like oh, yeah. a handful of key members Me too. now. Me too, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not like the other people. I don't like them or anything. It's just, you know, your interests start to change and you don't Go value the ways. same things anymore and you grow in different ways. And, and, I'm, and I think um, what starts to happen as you move out of college and get into the quote-unquote real world is unless you take serious initiative to meet interesting people 
then you don't ever break out of, you know, those same people, you know, outside of maybe coworkers who, but even then that's like, it's another contained environment mm-hmm. where it's given to you. Whereas if you go out on your own, like you go to, to an event on your own, you create something on your own, that in itself forces you to have to meet new people who either become good professional contacts or personal contacts. But all this to say, I think, you know, and, I, and I say this because I, like, when I started to see my friend group shift several years ago, it, I, I didn't like it because I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? Because you see everyone else and you're like, oh, like they've been friends since birth, you know, yes. like that kind of thing. And I saw that happening, like a lot of those drifting away from me. But, and then I started to realize, you know, my philosophy anyway on, on just people and friends is certain people enter your life at certain times for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And that was how I wrapped my head around it um, and how I sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. It's like one of my good friends always says, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I actually I actually said that at my wedding. That was like kind of part of my vows. <laughs> That's hilarious. Nice. So Tommy's in your Tommy's lifetime. In my, so okay. my husband's in, in, in it for, 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 I think, the long haul. Hopefully. hopefully. No, but actually, this is I wanted to, to mention this, Katie, when you brought up the positivity my, I've talked about him on probably episode, every episode, it turns out my dad is apparently my idol. <laughs> my dad's, my dad's a serial entrepreneur and he's done a million different things, I, I think in large part due to his curiosity. I mean, it's literally taken him to a- every different possible um, business venture you can imagine. But we kind of always joke in our family that his best and worst quality is his like extreme positivity. So um, like sometimes it gets him into like not trouble, but like, all right, you're a little overly zealous about this one opportunity. But I think that's also the thing that's that drives him. And at 65, he's going to keep working and be an entrepreneur till the day he dies because he's got that curiosity, but also that positivity, like everything. He's like, oh, this is going to be great. And it's going to he's got that that positive energy. And so I think that's like a huge thing that that ends up driving people. Yes, absolutely. Everything everything boils down to attitude, right? Like people who are positive, as you said, they have great energy and other people want to be around people that have great energy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People that are positive are confident and confidence goes a heck of a long way, as you guys know, and anyone listening to this podcast really knows, right? Like you have the confidence if you have confidence, you can essentially walk into pretty much any situation and win. As long as your persistence and you have drive and you have passion as well, like you're going to be successful. Um, you know, being po- like people who are positive are also incredibly self-motivated. And this goes back to your point earlier about like, you know, after you graduated college, some of your friends had a hard time making friends outside of school. But then you were like, because of your positive attitude and and confidence and all the, and you have self-motivation, you were willing to, to, you know, go out there and, and, and just meet people, right? Because that's what it, that's what it takes. At the end of the day, you only get one life. Is the, is the way that I look at all this stuff. So like, what do you want to do with that life? You know, like, it's like, no one owes you anything in life. Like people are always gonna treat you unfairly for whatever reason, but it's like, you just kinda have to, you just kinda have to bulldoze through that and be like, screw it. Like, this is my life. 
Like this is what I want out of my life. I want to connect with these people. I want to do these things. I want to learn these new skills. And that ultimately boils down to your attitude. I, I like that a lot. Now, amidst all this, so so we've covered the idea of being super curious and wanting to always ask questions, of surrounding yourself with the right people, of wanting to constantly meet new people and interesting people, and then now the idea of the positivity. So all that said, one of the other points, Katie, you made uh, in the beginning was what has helped you and what helped you with Social Katie and getting it to a point of selling it to a major agency was remaining focused through yeah. that whole process yeah. and because you kind of had like that goal of wanting to ultimately sell the company to a large agency. Now, given that we've just talked about constantly asking questions and remaining curious, meeting new people and always wanting to be interesting in that and having the positive energy, a lot of those things can become distractions or can distract you in certain ways. How do we reconcile that against this idea of remaining focused? Yeah, I mean, I think, and that, and that's a really interesting question. And I think focus ultimately, so like I'll talk about social Katie, like, because I think that's one of the best examples I can give as well as um, what I'm doing now with Codeverse. I think like for any aspiring entrepreneur that wants to start a company, it's really important to define your mission and your vision and your values very early on right? Because those three things serve as your guide throughout your entire entrepreneurial journey. So what do I mean by that? Like when I first started Social Katie way back in 2010, it was, it was me sitting in front of my computer with my husband and really just defining what is Social Katie? What are the services that we want to offer? What are the different packages that we want to offer? And a lot of this was based on like research that we did with other entrepreneurs in town, right? Like I would bang on people's doors and say, okay, when you think of a social media marketing agency, and if you were to hire one for your business, what is it that you would want to see? What is it that you would want an agency to provide? And so kind of after I gathered all that feedback was around the same time that I was defining the mission, the vision, and the values of the business. So that means, what is Social Katie? What do we provide for our customers? Who are our customers and where do we find them? Um, who are our main competitors out there? What do they offer? What makes us different from them? And our values, right? So our values meaning, what do we tolerate at the company? What do we not tolerate? What are the traits that we look for when we hire people? Um, what are absolute no's, right? Like, again, attitude. Like, if you're negative and you're lazy and you don't like to think outside the box and you don't like to hustle, then that's a no. But it was really, the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is, it's so important to write all of this stuff down and to get it documented somewhere, right? Google Drive, wherever it is that you wanna store this information. Because all of this info serves as a guide and it keeps you focused for years. Because then, you know, when you start thinking about like hiring employees, you can go back to your values. When you're thinking about firing an employee, you can go back to your values and you can cite those, you know? 
when you when you make big business decisions, right? You can always go back to your mission and you can always go back to the vision. Does this align with our goals? Does this align with where we want to go and where we need to be? Yes or no. And that is what I think it takes to remain focused is to have almost like that guidebook um, that highlights what it is that you're trying to achieve. Let's pause for a hot minute for this quick PSA. Are you part of the startup community? If so, keep listening. If not, go ahead and hit the skip ahead button because this is not going to apply to you. The Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast is a property of Raj Nation Innovation. What is Raj Nation Innovation? Well, it's simple. I talk to founders and startup teams every day who flat out tell me, hey, we suck at telling our story. I help remove the suck. Combining a unique background of both branding expertise as well as songwriting expertise from my experience as a hip-hop artist, I take a performance lens and mindset to the world of business communication. Using this approach, I partner with growth-focused startups to help them develop their story, their go-to-market message, and their pitch so they can raise venture capital and acquire their early customers. Think of me like the Will Smith character Hitch, but for startups. And yes, I will tell you when you're dancing like an idiot. Does this sound like a conversation we should have? If so, head to www.rajnationinnovation.com. That's R-A-J Nation Innovation.com. Send me a message through there and let's chat. Back now to the podcast. So this, I like this a lot, especially for the fact that a lot of business owners or just creative individuals in general don't, they, they gloss over that part of it either yeah. consciously or unconsciously. And if it's conscious, it's like, you know, I'll get to that when I can. But if you take the time up front to think about it and, and, and write it out and actually, you know, plan it out more or less, and it, it doesn't have to be something like, you know, the, the glorious mission statement or anything like that. It can be something that's just like, this is what it is, this is what it's not. And yeah. here's the way I like to do things or here, you know, here's what I believe in, you know, just something as simple as that. It becomes very helpful for, and it is that guidebook, as you said, because the decisions you make when you're big are going to be in the same vein as the decisions you made when you were small. Yeah. And if, and you'll start, and I, I see this with some, with some individuals who like, they like to play entrepreneur or whatever, you know, like they like to play the role of what they think it is, but then they don't actually do the steps necessary to be that thing. So you'll see some people like spend frivolous, frivolously out of the gate. Like, oh, I need to spend a lot of money on logos, business cards, websites, you know, etc. And if that's how you are when you're, when you haven't made your first dollar, once you start making even $10, like you're not going to all of a sudden change your behavior. Right. So if you have that out, you know, up front and you're like, okay, Setting this exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the right word. It's precedent that you set by having that focus of the, of the mission and the values. Well, then that gives you a chance to say, and like you said, when you're making those same types of decisions further down the line, that gives you something to look back on and almost like a, a best practice or whatever you want to call it a precedent and say, well, in this, like that historically we've not done that. And you know, that that's just not the route that we go or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's, yeah. I mean, ultimately, and it makes sense, right? Because, like, at the end of the day, 
you as the entrepreneur, you're the most passionate person about your brand. Like you're basically living and breathing your company every single day. So getting these, you know, values and the mission and the vision and all these things down early on, it becomes very handy when, you know, you're talking to investors and you're hiring people because then the expectation is set of kind of what you and your business is all about. Right. And you and you see that with like the greatest companies in the world that have outstanding cultures. It's like all of them live and breathe the same guidebook. Right. Whether they're at the company for six months or whether they're there for five years, it's just it's consistent and it's harmonious because it's almost like that that Bible, that company Bible is like there that they can always go back to, always fall back on. And on top of that, you know, and you were saying how with Social Katie, you kind of sat down and you were like, okay, what do we offer? Um, you know, what does this business represent? That kind of stuff. It really makes your decision making easier. And I'll tell you, my, my last business, Idea Lemon, which was personal brand coaching, our greatest downfall was that we didn't pick early on what we were and what we were not, which left us open to options indefinitely. And when we yeah. talk about the idea of focus versus distractions, it left us perennially distracted because if you can take it in 10 different directions, then you will want to pursue all 10 of those mm -hmm. directions and you'll do all 10 poorly instead of just doing one direction very well and seeing it through. Well, and this is actually kind of interesting because you mentioned this at that, um, that speaking engagement last week. The podcast. Yeah, at the podcast. Yeah. This, <laughs> I was like, the what speaking word am I about looking podcasts. for? Yes. Oh yeah, podcast, <laughs> what we're doing right now. No, when I started, um, so I'm I'm kind of doing doing a new little venture on my own here and it's um, a blog. And when I first started toying around with the idea of it, it was super broad. Like I had all these different things that I wanted to talk about. And I talked to a friend of mine and she was like, I think you need to pick like two of those things <laughs> because it's just too much. And I'm so glad that I took that advice of hers. And it was a very similar thing that you mentioned um, in, in, the, in the podcast discussion. You were saying, don't just go out there and be like, I'm just going to podcast about the world. You know, I pick something very niche and, yeah. and, and talk about that. And then maybe you grow that eventually. But starting specific and defined, it's so much, it's so much easier to then expand as opposed to if you start really broad, it's so much harder to rein that in and become sort of like a master. Um, and I, I think that's just so true in, in all of these situations. Like if you don't, like you said, define it early on and really set your focus, mm -hmm. it, it makes it a lot harder to ever really accomplish a whole lot out of the gate because you're just all over the place. Yeah, it's funny. I call it, um, I use this phrase a lot and I have done over the past like decade is I call it shiny object syndrome. Like this is something <laughs> that entrepreneurs have a lot of is like they're working on something and then they see something in the corner of their eye, right? Like a new idea or a new avenue to explore or they're looking at what their competitors are doing and they gravitate towards that. And like, honestly, I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs fail is they have this shiny object syndrome, um, which distracts them from their, their vision. Um, and that, and that's so, and it's hard, right? Because it's like, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to look at your competitors and get pissed off and be like, 
I can't believe that they raised $5 million or I can't believe that they hired this top executive from Coca-Cola or I can't believe, you know, there's, there's always excuses and there's always shit that hits the fan. What's most important is stay in your own lane, focus on your own road. Don't get distracted by what all the other cars on the highway are doing because you're, you're going to crash and you're going to burn and, and, and fail. It's, uh, it's very similar. So my, my friend, Daniel DiPiazza, who's the founder and CEO of a company called Rich 20-something, and he just wrote a book by the same name. In the book, he, he writes about that topic and he says, if you ever get jealous of someone else's success, he's like, you, he's like, you can respond in two ways. You can either say, oh, I can't believe, or like, how did they do that, or whatever, or they don't deserve that. Or you could say, how do I do that? How do I make that happen for myself? And, how, and, and what did they do to make it happen? And you can ask that in a way that's informative versus destructive. Mm-hmm. Yes, agrees. Wholeheartedly agree. I want to dive into now in the last few minutes before we transition. Um, so you also mentioned passion was helpful. I think everyone is, I think we, we, can, we can say we all understand what passion is. Uh, the, the thing I really <laughs> want to touch on, which is often overlooked is you were saying striving to be better personally health is wealth this is like a money statement and and i'll let you kind of get on a little bit more of a soapbox about it katie but i I say it's a money statement because um you know i i am now in year three of entrepreneurship my last business didn't pan out and i'm on to a new venture now which is doing really well over you know this year and i'm happy about that but more than anything I personally am doing well because over the last three years, I basically like, it was almost like a life reset. I'm like, okay, if I step out of employment, like what do I want like my days to look like and how do I want to live my life? And I placed a heavy emphasis on, you know, practicing yoga every day, meditating every day. And now, you know, even as the work has ramped up, I'm not able to practice yoga every day, which part of it is the fact that now I teach yoga part-time, which (laughs) makes it harder to practice yoga. But it's almost like my baseline was seven days a week of exercise. So now if I miss two to three days a week, it's not devastating and I still feel good. Yeah. Whereas prior to that, because in the previous job I was working, I was just kind of like slogging every day and not working out. I, you know, it's like if I go from that lifestyle and then never, never take the time to figure out what do I want out of my own health, then yeah. it's like I'm, I'm lucky to get one day out of the week to exercise, and that's my baseline. Whereas now it's like I'm pissed if I don't get five days out of the week to exercise. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> but, like, but like my bad week is three to four days. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's funny. This is such a, a hot topic. Uh, and, it, and it's a topic that either people want to talk about a lot or not talk about at all right? Like working out and staying healthy, like healthy mind, healthy body, healthy soul, right? Is like the saying. And I think that the, I, I, I think that like, there's a little bit of a, a, a misconception when people think about what it means to be an entrepreneur and also what it means to be healthy, right? Like I think when people think of working out, especially entrepreneurs, they're like, okay, that's, that's, that's basically just like me going to the gym and lifting weights, right? And like eating better, right? And it's like, yes, the physical benefits of working out are obviously extraordinary. And as an entrepreneur, you need to have energy and stamina 
um, to be able to run your business, right? Like the best entrepreneurs are the ones that, again, have great energy and um, they're just they're they're in good they're in good health and they're in good shape to be able to run their business, right? But that being said, the benefits of working out go beyond that. It goes beyond like lifting weights or go to a spinning class and like losing weight or, or, or maintaining your weight or whatever it is. The benefits are emotional and mental as well. Like I look at, and I, I'll share some personal stories with you. So I grew up in the UK and, and I moved to America the first time when I was 12 and I played soccer. I played soccer in the UK. I played soccer in England. I played soccer when I first moved to Connecticut um, and also uh, when I first moved to Wisconsin when I was 16. And, you know, look, looking back at that experience, it wasn't just a recreational thing for me. It was a chance to bond with people and meet people. It, you know, I learned a lot about teamwork. I learned a lot about, I learned new skills, right? I, I really challenged my body in ways that I never thought I'd be able to do before right? Like you learn a lot about competition and being competitive and traveling, right? Like, and, and then um, one thing, sorry, I forgot to mention was when I went back to the UK for school, I went to Manchester University, I ended up playing on their varsity team and um, soccer and their varsity team. And we would travel a lot. We travel all around like Ireland and, and just all throughout the UK. And so there's like time management skills there and like holding myself and holding my team accountable. So it just the point I'm trying to make is like physical exercise goes way beyond the physical. Like you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about others. You learn about what it means to be competitive and, and hold people as well as yourself accountable. And you learn what it really means to, to work together towards a common goal. And so even, even now, now that I'm, you know, running my third business, you know, I don't play soccer anymore, but I do participate in activities like Soul Cycle, and I participate in activities like rowing, and I do 5Ks and 10Ks and things like that for that very reason, because it's not just about me maintaining stamina, it's also about me being able to bond with other people and challenge my mind as well as my body. Yeah, I love that. I've always been a, an, an exercise person and it's always been something even, I mean, since college, I didn't play any like sports in college. I, I, I played sports um, when I was in high school, but it's it's definitely something I have always made like a huge priority to carve out in my day or my week and, and make I, I make that a, a really big priority in my life. And I think that the other things that it kind of can add for people is it, it gives you some, it, I think it helps people develop focus, focusing on whatever that they're, they're doing, getting better at it, you know, building up, et cetera, and a certain discipline. Like you have to have a discipline to sit down at the beginning of week, the week and say, okay, these are the five times I'm going to exercise and like I'm committing to doing that. Like there's, there's a serious discipline involved in that. Um, 
and the endorphins. <laughs> I know we talk about energy, but especially now that I that I teach um, like pretty full time, I feel like I'm just constantly on this energy high, even though my body's like actually physically crashing. Um, but I mean, I, I like can't. I just don't think I can ever express how important being physically active is for me. I'm a very kind of like tightly wound anxious person and it is 100% like my cathartic release. That and actually sort of in the same vein of, you know, healthy living is like meal planning and meal prep and, and you know, getting my whole little healthy lifestyle together is, it's honestly, it's it's, it's like a cathartic thing for me. It, kind of, it creates like a framework. Right? Exactly. And then yeah, we, think, we live within frameworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the final the final thing I'll add about physical fitness is, like, I feel like as entrepreneurs, sometimes you do get stuck inside your own head, right? Because you're sitting in front of your computer all day or you're with your team, you know, all day or your investors or whatnot. So it's like you're you're solving very specific problems together. And I think that it's really important to kind of pull yourself away from work and do something like physical exercise because it give it give it like I mean other than like the endorphins and like having fun and meeting people and whatnot it clears your mind and in many ways like it's so like my husband and I joke about this but there are times when Craig and I are trying to solve like issues or we're trying to solve something like at, at our companies right and We'll be like, we'll be like, you know, sitting at a round table and we're like having a discussion and then we'll go away and we'll go to soul cycle for like 45 minutes. And after we've come out of that soul cycle class, we'll both look at each other and we'll be like, wow, like, I think I figured out a solution to, to that, to that issue. Or I think, you know, I've used that 45 minutes of my soul cycle class to just breathe and just look at things you know, from a 50,000 foot view, being outside of the office. And like, it's it's just hilarious how taking yourself on a walk or taking yourself out of the office, taking yourself out of the current situation that you're in and just being able to breathe and really think clearly and be present. Being present is everything. Being mindful, mindfulness um, allows you to kind of solve, solve like challenges so that you can go into the office and be like, wow, I've, I've figured it out. And I, I only needed like 30 minutes on my own or 30 minutes lifting weights to be able to solve um, this challenge. And I think that then that like sort of you know, coming back to the whole hustle thing. I mean, I think sometimes stepping away and taking that break and, and, and doing whatever that physical healthful thing is that like reignites your energy to come back and be like, OK, I can figure this out. I'm going to do it. And like and, and I think that that totally uh, there's there's definitely something to that. <laughs> and the two things I'll add, to, so to that point, Katie and Victoria, is I can personally say, like, I, I can think of four or five different, like, specific, I know it's been more than that, but I can recall four or five specific times when, like, in, like, wide-legged forward fold in <laughs> yoga, I have had, like, a, a break, like, a business <laughs> breakthrough. Uh, because I'm just, like, detached. And it's, you know, like, you're, you're in that moment, but I think because you're, like, living in a different moment, you end up, approaching the same thing you were thinking about before in a different manner. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing too, Katie, is let me know if this is something that I think you I, I think you can relate to, but let me know if not or if you agree with it. I think 
I mean, as entrepreneurs, we've all been on the brink of giving up at some point. And like, I think like that never goes away. And I can say that a lot of what's helped me keep pushing forward is my experience playing an organized team sport at some point in my life. And like, and I've, I've various times in this podcast, I've mentioned my high school track experience, but like the summation of it is started off as one of the slowest ended up as one of the fastest on the team and had a state or school records and placed in the state meet and everything like that. And that four years, like what that has given me for the rest of my life is what that experience did was give me like, okay, you've been down and you've worked at something really hard and figured it out and gotten good at it. And so now like the times when I'm knocked down, I mean, it's that song, but I get up again. Right. But because I have that experience to draw from, I'm able to approach, you know, some of these more like adult real world situations better because I have the experience. And I don't know if you have that same kind of philosophy having played soccer. No, I do. Everything that you're saying completely resonates with me for sure. Awesome. Let's transition real quick to and talk about Codeverse. So um, you launched a new venture recently called Codeverse at surface level. It is a school or academy teaching kids to code, which is pretty damn good at surface level. <laughs> but uh, tell our listeners why it's about so much more than that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped to talk about this. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, we just, it's interesting. We just came out of stealth mode at the beginning of April. Uh, but my husband, uh, Craig and I, um, as well as our third co-founder, Dave, uh, and the rest of our team, I mean, we've been working on this for like 17, 18 months. And uh, you're right. I mean, we're building, we're essentially building state-of-the-art studios um, where kids learn how to code using a real programming language that we've built from the ground up uh, called KidScript. And so with KidScript, um, children can build games, they can build apps that can be submitted into the app store, um, but they can also essentially program any physical object that we have within our studio. So whether that's robotic arms or drones or laser cutters or 3D printers uh, or even lights and music speakers, all of these objects can be controlled by the kids uh, using this language. So it's super innovative. We've never seen anything like this being done before. As far as what it teaches children, I mean, other than the obvious, teaching kids to, to, to build, right? Um, it teaches kids life skills. Like it's teaching them critical thinking, problem solving, how to be creative, how to be independent, how to collaborate with other children on projects. And in my opinion, like these are really the skills that children need for the future, right? Is they, they need to learn how to be independent. They need to learn how to be creative. Um, they need to understand how technology really functions and how it works. Um, you know, the other thing I'll say is, and I'm sure that you're aware of this, but there's all these articles now that are coming out saying that by the year 2020, there's going to be over 1 million unfilled tech jobs. And so when you look at the future and you look at like all these jobs that are going to exist and then some, like who's filling these roles, which is why we need to set children up with these skills now, uh, you know, 21st century kids up with 21st century skills up now, because this is just the world that they live in. We live in the digital age 
and technology is ultimately, uh, I mean, it's already doing so, but it's, it's disrupting every single industry and every single job. Like I'm, 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 I am not surprised and shocked if every job in the future, whatever you're doing in whatever industry, um, requires some sort of like, has some sort of tech component to it and requires that skill. So again, um, it's important for future jobs. It's important for kids to understand how tech works and just the other life skills that it teaches children, I think are critical. I, I absolutely love it. And I, I didn't even realize it was to that kind of detail of like, you can move the objects in the room by yeah. programming them cool. the right way. Like that, yeah. that, that's, in, that's taking practical application to a whole new level, which is just is fascinating. I'm, I'm really excited to see it kind of unfold. I've got, so I've got a follow-up question to what you've just kind of explained. And I, it's, it's kind of about your, your approach to, to building Codeverse. And it, in a way, it's about maintaining your hustle within this respect, within Codeverse, is so when you th- when you talk about the 1 million unfilled tech jobs by 2020 and how you're teaching, you know, kids today to have the skills that's going to help them tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. is going to be several years off for them. So while you're going to see some short-term like rewards like hey, they did this thing, the real rewards are going to come say like in 15 20 years when they are building the next great things that our society uses. So knowing that like it's a it's a real long-term reward for you. How are you like maintaining the enthusiasm and and keeping the zeal, and 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 how do, how are you able to kind of do something that has such a lo- it's such a long game in terms of seeing that that thing come to fruition? I mean, I think great question, and I think that this ultimately boils down to our mission. Like our mission is, and we defined this basically before we even came up with the name Codeverse which was we want to teach a billion kids to code. Like we know that coding is important. We know that it's critical. We know that it's in, like it's so important for kids to start while they're young because kids absorb information in a different way from adults, right? Um, and so our mission is to teach a billion kids to code. And Craig and I know that that is something that isn't going to happen overnight. Like Craig and I know that this is an initiative that we're going to be working on for like the next 25 and 30 years. And it's a mission to get excited about, right? Like Craig and I love tech. We've been in this tech scene for 10 years. It's exciting. Like even seeing how tech, like technology in general has evolved over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, right? And how the more entrepreneurs are like popping up and creating super innovative companies like Uber and and Facebook and Postmates. And I mean, you're seeing it everywhere. Like this is the world that we, we live in now. And so to answer your question, like how do we maintain the hustle and how do we remain excited about it? I mean, it's just because we, we know that this is just such a vital skill you know, and we know that children have to start young. And you're right, for many of these kids, fine, they're learning KidScript and maybe they do KidScript for a couple of years, but then KidScript acts as a gateway into other languages. So kids graduate from KidScript and then they're learning Python, Ruby and JavaScript and then they're going on to build other things in other languages. And for me, that's super friggin' cool to know that we were like, the entrance, right? Like 
the beginning stages of like their journey um, as technologists. Yeah, you were you were the gateway drug for technology. <laughs> I can't think of anything cooler. <laughs> well, awesome. Okay, so then, where can our listeners find Codeverse, as well as what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the best way to get in touch with me is I'm just Katie K E T Y at Codeverse dot com, um, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just at the Katie Lynch. Uh, to find out more about Codeverse, though, if you just go to Codeverse.com, you'll see that there's two packages um, on our site. The first package is for week-long summer camps, um, and then the second, which commences in August, and then the second package is a monthly membership uh, for $2.25 a month, and that gets children reoccurring weekly access into the space, as well as exclusive access to KidScript, which they can use at home. And this is, and, and the, the studio or the classroom itself is located in the Chicago neighborhood of Lincoln Park, I believe? Yeah, it is. So it's in Lincoln Park. It's at 819 West Eastman Street. Um, the first classes start in July, uh, but signups uh, are happening right now. Awesome. Okay, great. So then to wrap up today's conversation and bring it back to, to, the, to the meat of what we talked about today, our, our question for this episode was how do you maintain your hustle? We will start with Victoria and close with Katie. So Victoria, based on what we've discussed, how do you maintain your hustle? Okay, I think two things. Passion, for sure, 100%. I think when you lose that, you may still be sort of hustling, but I think it, it can be out of obligation or fear or other, other things outside of passion, and I think people feel that. And then the second, which I really hadn't thought of until this discussion, so thank you, Katie, is the sort of like healthy mind and healthy lifestyle because I think... I really, really do believe when you can incorporate that into your life, you can become, a, you stay more passionate about what it is that you're doing and you have these revelations and these breakthroughs and that keeps you on your hustle. My answer for how do you maintain your hustle? So when I think about those four or five points, Katie, that you made off the bat, and then as we started talking, you you mentioned this concept around like, basically like earned, not given, and it's your life, no one owes you anything. Really with that, what all of that summarized in my head for me was this concept, like you maintain your hustle by taking ownership of whatever the hell it is that you're doing. And I think yeah. it's so easy to resign to fate, to resign to, oh, the universe didn't want it to happen, or you know, to, or to just be like, oh, well, I had no control over that. But really, if, if, you, if you have an ownership mindset of like, this is my like I, I can control these things. Even the things you can't control, you will start to see, well, I do have some, like, I could have done these things differently, which could have produced a different result. And I think you're much less likely to, to fall off or to get distracted. Katie, yeah. how do you maintain your hustle? Oh my gosh. We've, we've touched upon a lot of things. <laughs> um, but you know, one, one that I really want to drive home again, and we talked a lot about it at the beginning of this podcast is intellectual curiosity. Question everything, challenge everything, take risks, trust your gut, fail, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes and pick yourself uh, you know, back up over and over again. That is what it takes. Katie Lynch, Uliot. The Uliot is new, right? Like that's in the last like six months or a year that you, you added, right? <laughs> Actually, uh, I've been married for almost three years. It's still Katie Lynch. My <laughs> 
should be Katie Elliott, uh, but I haven't changed it yet because I've been too busy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. This was, this was a very, very fun and very interesting to have the conversation with you. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thank Thanks, you. Katie. That wrapped up our conversation with Katie Lynch Elliott. Katie. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom related to hustling, not just having it, but keeping and maintaining it. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show, therefore more people get to discover their inner awesome. While you're there, go ahead and subscribe, and subscribe on whatever platform it is you listen to, whether that is iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or the various other podcasting platforms this show is available on. For full show notes, references, and resources, as well as Katie's contact info and more on Codeburst, find it all at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. While you're there, check out our 80-plus episode archive and continue to dive into your inner awesome. That'll do it for this one. Thank you again to Katie lynch Elliott for joining us. For Victoria Cohen, I am Raj Nation. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. Yeah.